Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Pastor's favorite words is uh, scoot in and uh, let's eat. Um, but uh, uh, serious, all right, good, good, good. Well, so excited that you're here. Um, my, again, my name is Stephen and um, I'm the lead pastor here at, at the house, and I'm excited about what we're going to talk about. So actually, we're going to start a two-part series on, on Your Life Matters, and uh, I, I, man, I'm so excited about what God is doing here. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited about your life, your journey, and, and what it is that God has called you to. Here's the thing. I, I know it's... It, let me just kind of do a little introduction here for those of you. This may be your first time. I'm ADD. Okay? Uh, now I'm redeemed, but I, may, I'm, I, I do a lot of things. I'm a lot of fast. And so the music, the clapping, you will hear people amen. You will hear people that... I was talking to a man who um, a couple months ago who came to our church, and he came the first couple months, and he was like, I just got to tell you that the first couple times I came to the church... I was, it was, it was really awkward. And I was like, what? what? Did, did someone offend you? Someone make you mad? Someone? No, everybody kept talking. <laughs> like, I, I am from a church that everyone is quiet, and there was one person talking, and that's why we're looking at you. And so, but everybody's just talking, and amen, and that's good. And I just, I, I just was like, what's going on? And, and here's the thing, is uh, I got four kids, and, and I always wanted a church to be fun. I wanted a church to be fun. I don't want to be at a boring church. I don't want to be in a boring church where people, if you breathe loud, people are like giving you the eyeball of judgment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know you can't sing, but here's the deal. We're just going to turn up the loud music really loud so we don't hear you. You know what I'm saying? I, I, but, but, but here's the thing. If we're not careful, church will condition you to do nothing, say nothing, and just sit. And, and I'm telling you, that's directly against the gospel message. There are no sitters in the kingdom. And so uh, we're, it's, it's loud. Sometimes it's annoying. Uh, some of you are, I like that church, but the music's a little loud. It's loud for me, too. You know what I'm saying? I was, it was great when I was 20. Now I'm 42. It's loud. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but it's loud. But I got a lot of young people here, and they like it loud. And here's the deal. Our church is called to equip the next generation, so we're just going to have to be loud. You know, and so, um, uh, thank you for seven of you. I appreciate that. It's uh, <laughs> cool. Confidence is building. Um, but I, you're going to have a good time today. I, I really believe that, that more than just coming on a Sunday because it's a religious holiday, I believe that you took a step towards the Lord, and you, you may not have even recognized it this morning, but the Bible says that he leads us from behind, and I believe that you are right where you need to be this morning. I want to read two scripture verses, and then we're going to get into what I want to talk about. Matthew chapter 20, verse 18 and 19. Matthew chapter 20, verse 18 and 19. It says this. You can, if you want to turn there, flip your phone, you can look at the screen. Matthew chapter 19, uh, 20, verse 18 and 19 says this. Behold, we are going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priest and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. 
and the third day he will rise again. Now, this is Jesus talking, telling his disciples what is about to happen. And this is weeks before, but this is about 10 days before they're about to move toward uh, crucifixion. And so Jesus is setting his disciples up on what's about to happen. Matthew chapter 28, verse 5 and 6. Matthew chapter 28, verse 5 and 6. It says this. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. Come on, someone say, He is not here. For He is risen, and He said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. Listen, you know what? Sometimes Christians get a bad rap. The truth is we have faith. We do. We have faith so that we do not go by sight. We go by faith. But because we are faith people, some people act like there is no evidence. And so, well, you know, I just, I don't know, I don't get being a Christian because, you know, you guys are just kind of sipping the Kool-Aid. You guys are just, you know, there's not really any evidence. I love the fact that the angel says, he's not here, go check. (laughs) He's not here, go in inspect it look at it check it out come on come on the truth is that God while he wants us to have faith he knows that we're thinkers and God does not want us to check our brain at the door but he wants us to understand what he did how he did it so that we can understand because sometimes understanding takes us to a new level is that right Listen, today we're celebrating a risen Savior who defeated death. Now, I want to let you know this. He got up. He got up. I'm going to let that sit for you for a second. He got up. Now, I know that you, you may be thinking, he, he got up. But listen, I'm a child of the 80s, okay? You understand Rocky IV? The Italian Stallion? There's something about it when he gets hit and knocked down and gets back. I don't know why. They could have made Rocky 100. We still would have all seen it because here's the deal. We are Rocky. We are Rocky. Rocky fights for other people, fights for something else, fights his, his, his friend, the, the Russian. said, I got to go fight someone. Jesus. Here's what I want to tell you. He got up. He got up. Death did not defeat him. The plans of man did not defeat him. The government, the politicians did not defeat him. He got up. And this is an exciting moment because in our lifetime and in in, in the life of our, our world, our culture, there's been many spiritual leaders over time. But can I tell you, Muhammad didn't get up. Confucius didn't get up. Buddha didn't get up. Joseph Smith is dead. Jim Jones is dead. David Koresh is dead, but Jesus is alive. He's alive. He got up. He got up, and so it changes the game. Because he got up, his resurrection is a big deal. His resurrection is a message, and this message has a meaning. Have you ever received a text from someone, and you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. 
Like it's confusing. It's like jumbled words. For, for me, I have this love-hate relationship with voice text. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm just going to have a little moment of transparency. I love and hate voice text because here's the deal. I am a multitasker by nature. And so I want to drive, parent the kids, listen to the news, and voice text. Because, you know, text, you know texting... It's not good. So you voice text. You voice text when you drive. You know what I'm saying? So hit the button. Voice text. I know I it's crazy because you know how we justify stuff. You know, I voice text. I'm driving, but you, you're not looking at the road. You're looking at the phone. But anyway, him. and so half the time I, I send the voice text and I read it after I send it. I know you're thinking, well, why did you do that? But, but you ever read a text that you sent and you're like, I misspelled every word. That's not what I was trying to say. <laughs> Siri, you need to get your act together. And I know people are thinking when they're reading my text, I don't understand what you are saying. How many of y'all know people who like to text their own version of shorthand? Anybody? No, please not nudge. Don't nudge, okay? All right. That's a, that's a, but the, I, I have people in my life that will text me their own version of shorthand, and I have no I, I need an interpretation to understand what, what's going on here. I, I don't know what these were. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't understand what you're saying. Sometimes I watch the news. I watch the news, and it's amazing. I can watch CNN, I can watch Fox News, and they tell the same story, but it's totally different. It's totally, I'm like, can you guys just please report the news and not invent it? I just want to, I do not understand what you are saying. Either they did or they didn't, or he did or he didn't, or she did or he, but how can we have, and I'm just like, you ever scratch your head and go, could someone just tell me the truth? Just, I don't understand what you're saying. I've got four kids. I've got four kids, and it's amazing. At dinner time, we're all sitting around, and one will be sharing a story. Someone just, just talking, just sharing a story. And it's amazing. In the middle of this conversation, we are, it's peaceful. Everybody's at the end of the story. And in the middle of the story, some, one of my kids just decide, I'm going to talk now. In the middle of someone else talking. And then the, because they broke the silent code, now they all start talking. And, and my wife, she can, she can stay hooked up through it. Like noise, houses burnt, things are happening. But she's just like locked in like, hmm. I understand. I'm ADHD, so I hear everything. I'm like, and it's just like a bunch of noise. And I'm like, stop. I don't understand what you're saying. Stop talking. Everybody, stop. Last week, a week and a half ago, my wife and I celebrated 15 years of marriage. Come on. Come on. 15 years of marriage. I'm in love with her. I like her. You know, she likes me most of the time. <laughs> and there are times when she talks to me that y'all ain't even going there. But anyway, <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? There, you ever miss the message? My point is that messages are being sent to us all the time, but sometimes the wrong message is the one sticking to us. And here's the worst is we miss the most important messages because sometimes they can be overlooked. Seven billion people in the world and it's easy for us to get the wrong message 
about our value. Which leads us into moments where we feel insignificant. And we start to wonder, does the stuff I do really matter? Do I matter? I mean, you know the drill. Come on. I, mean, I know we're, yeah, we don't know each other and we got to pretend like our life's all together. Come on. I, I, I get it. I get it. I got it. But you know the drill. You ever ask yourself, if I left, would anybody miss me? Sure, sh- someone else could fill my shoes. Surely there's someone better equipped than me. What am I really doing here? Do I really matter? You know, one of our deepest needs is to feel secure, to feel valuable, to feel accepted. Because of this, we're constantly doing two things. We're constantly evaluating and comparing all the time. We're valuing and comparing all the time. And you know what? That, I think that's one of the reasons that, that we're having such a hard time winning our cities and winning our communities because we're valuing and comparing all the time. So I'm wondering what you're thinking about me, but you're not thinking anything about me, but I think you're thinking something about me. So now I'm thinking something about you and I'm not loving you because I know what you're thinking. And so what happens is every time we walk into a room, we're thinking and we're seeing, okay, I saw the way they looked at me. They have gas. You don't know there's a digestion problem, but you don't know their story. And so every time that the tummy starts to rumble, they go. <laughs> but you think they were giving you the stank eye. Listen, the truth is we do this consciously and we do this unconsciously and we judge ourselves by one of the world's four standards that don't matter. The first is appearance. We judge our value by appearance. And so in other words, how do I look? This mentality says, the more beautiful you are, the more important and the more valuable you are. The second is this, affluence. If I own a lot, I must be worth a lot. The third is achievement. Do you base your value on awards, notoriety, promotion, come on, titles, approval? How many people like me? How popular am I? How many followers or friends do I have? Come on, and it's very easy for us to then change our value based on these four things. And so we have a world of people who are broken and depressed because they're trying to receive value and validation when it's already been given. It's already been given. On this Easter Sunday, it is my hope that you would receive the message that your life matters. Jesus got up. That's what I'm saying. Jesus got up, and because he got up, it changed everything. It changed everything. And there are four major messages that we need to understand about the resurrection. Four major messages that we need to understand that it's being delivered to us. That, and here's the thing, is that sometimes what we know stays in our intellect, but it never becomes revelation. Anybody ever tried to have your kids clean the room? Come on, I felt felt some deep groans there. (laughs) It's like, listen, 
children, we, won't, we don't have to talk. Okay, I love you. But I did not have you because I love you. I had you because I love your mama. Okay? But now you're here. So let's talk. Come on. Isn't life crazy? I'm just for... Isn't... Like, never mind. I'm going to go there. Y'all come back next week. We may talk about it. Uh, but, but the truth is, we can teach and know something that we don't know how to manage. How do we manage the freedom that God has set us free? The fact that God loves us and has a plan for us and that God wants to do something in us. And here's the deal. The worst thing sometimes that can happen, it's the greatest and the worst. Sometimes it's good and evil. Sometimes I believe it's great, and I'm praying that our kids that grow up in church thrive. But you know what? The worst thing that could happen is you become churchy. Churchy, where you amen the right points. Oh, yes, God. All right, and go out and do the exact opposite. Oh, yeah, well, we need to pray. Thank you, Pastor. Yes. Oh, Lord, we're going to pray. Ain't praying. Oh, we're going to read the Bible. We're going to read the Bible. We need to read the Bible. I, I, I believe we need to read. I'm so glad we're, we're going through a, we're, read, we're reading the Bible. I'm going to read the Bible. Watch your tongue. Oh, we're not going to watch your tongue. Oh, fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kind of goodness, faith. I haven't found one of them. You know what I'm saying? The truth. The... Because we know a lot, there's gotta, we've got to step into a revelation where now it becomes a conviction. And you know what? We don't have to be led by what we know. We're led by revelation. We're led by revelation. There are four major messages we need to understand about the resurrection. The first is this. Jesus keeps his promises. Jesus keeps his promises. Here's the deal. God made a covenant with the Jewish people to save them. And once and for all, he would free them from oppression. And since the fall of man, God has had this plan of redemption, regardless, check this out, of how evil we are, or how wrong, or how bad we've become. God made a promise and Jesus kept it. See, in our, in our world, we make promises till something better comes along. I'm committed till I'm not. I'm for you till I'm not. I like you till I don't. You hear what I'm saying? God is a promise keeper. From the time that Adam and Eve fell up to the point that Jesus took the cross, I did what I said I was going to do. And I did it exactly the way it needed to happen. There is a promise that has been given to all mankind that you no longer have to be enslaved, incarcerated by wrong choices and past failures. Listen, what enslaves us? Sin. Sin. See, it oppresses us. Sin oppresses us. It attempts to change our meaning by giving us the wrong message. You know, if we don't understand, say, I don't know if sin is not one of those words that everybody's like, oh man, you know, the word of the year. You know, a couple years back, selfie was the word of the year. Selfie, you know, go, go figure. Listen, and I know people aren't talking about sin all the time, and now we, everybody's weirded out about sin. I mean, hashtag sin and sin. I'm not a sinner. 
But here's what I'm telling you. If we don't understand what sin is, then you will be manipulated by anything you don't understand. See, I, I, I was, uh, both me and my sister were both adopted. Both adopted. I was adopted from a foster home. She, you know, and she, so she, she always messes with me because, see, she was expensive. And I was free. Okay, so, so, so uh, my, our parents, they, they paid for her. You know what I'm saying? It was like $35,000, $40,000 back whenever. And, and for me, it was free. It was like, hey, and, and what else you want? <laughs> uh, and, and so she would all, every time something happened, she would be like, I cost more than you. And, and, and so we had that type of relationship. And some of you, may, you maybe do counseling for a living. We'll talk. But, but anyway, um, and, and so she would always mess with me. And so, you know, like I said, I'm a child from the 80s. And so I remember, come on, how many of y'all remember when cordless phones came out? Life change. Come on. No longer am I connected to a cord. Come on, I need to be free from the six feet of winded cord. And so I remember when it came out, I was able to hit the pager, come on, you remember hitting the, how many of y'all just hit the pager and watch the phone ring? <laughs> it does it every time. <laughs> yeah. Like the phone would ring. And so I remember one time my mom working, single parent, and, and so she had like a couple jobs. And so I had, these were my jobs. My job was uh, clean my room, do my homework, fix dinner. That was, that, was, that was my job. That's what I was supposed to do. And so I was in charge. I was in charge. I was seven years older than my sister. I was in charge. I was the boss. Okay, I was the CEO. <laughs> and so you know what that meant? That meant, shh, you have to do what I say. I'm in charge. And one time, my, my sister was not listening to me. And I don't have to do, I mean, I mean y'all, y'all don't know anything about this, I know. I don't have to do anything. To you, just. <laughs> and so here's the deal. I hit that pager button. Phone started ringing. She's like, who is it? Is it for me? Who is it? Who is it? And I was like, what? Uh, hello? Uh, it's the adoption agency. <laughs> She's like, what? I was like, what? Hello? They're coming to get you. <laughs> they want you back. She's like, Bubba, no. Bubba, please. No. I don't want to go. I was like, let me talk to him. You can't have her. She's a stay. You better clean your room. I'll do it. Uh, you better clean my room. I'll do it. <laughs> that worked three times. <laughs> the third time she was like, let me talk to him. <laughs> the, the point is that anything we don't understand will manipulate us. And we, here's the deal. You, you cannot have a positive relationship with sin. Because it will bring death to dreams. It will break relationships. It will destroy anything that your talent was caused to build. See, a lot of people don't know their talents. The truth is this. I'll make it really easy. You know what your talent is? Anything that you can do naturally that causes to give love to people. Anytime someone around you feels love because of what you did naturally, that's called a gift. It's called a talent. The enemy wants to destroy your talents and destroy your gifts, shatter your influence, and leave you broken. 
That's what he wants to do. Jesus kept his promise. And here's the deal. This promise that he kept, isn't it nice to know that, that someone still keeps their promise? I want you to know today that you can take God up on his word. The second thing is this. Jesus is never defeated. He's never defeated. Come on, I don't know about you, but I remember the 90s. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Every, every Dallas Cowboy fan, you remember the 90s. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Bring back. Bring them back. Emmett, I'm sure he still can trade. Listen, the tr- listen, the truth is there's something about being on a winning team. Both the religious and the government tried to silence and destroy God's plan. Listen. But what they didn't understand is every attempt that they made to try to defeat Jesus never worked. Every time they tried to trap him, Jesus won. Every time they tried to discredit him, Jesus won. Every time they tried to plot against him, Jesus unraveled their plot. And when they, tr- when they went to kill him, they thought, we won. They put guards around the tomb to ensure their victory. Come on, I don't know about you, and you may be one of those personalities that, you know, you're a little over the top. Let's just say it. You're a little over the top. You, know, you, you think of every detail and then all the details that don't even matter, you're over the top. But when you want to guard a dead man, that's next level. That's next level. Like, I'm, the guy is dead, has been dead, we had our coroners look, he is dead. Guard him. You know what? Make sure. Someone who's still in some guard him. Here's what I want to say. Is a big boulder, armed guards, the crucifixion, still could not defeat Jesus. Now, I don't know about you and what you faced in your life last week or in the past years, but I can tell you, that he rose from the dead so that you can overcome every broken cycle in your life. Amen. Come on, that's good. Let's go and go. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Come on, put it together. So many of us are repeating broken cycles, but here's the deal Jesus is never defeated. He's never defeated. And what if. A moment of allowing Jesus to walk in and really change your heart. We call that transformation. What if that could break cycles? I'm not promising you that if you accept Jesus today, your life will always be perfect. No, no. I'm saying if you accept Jesus today, you will receive the message from a loving father that no matter what you face, you will be able to walk through it, overcome it, and have victory. Does that make sense? Come on. Come on. The third thing is this, that Jesus never leaves. That's what we see. Jesus never leaves. The first verse that we read, I love how Jesus sets up his disciples. Days before Jesus is going to the cross, he tells them exactly what's going to happen. We are going to go to Jerusalem. 
We're gonna, or, uh, they're going to take me. They're, they're going to want to, to, to scourge me. They're going to whip me. They're going to crucify me. Um, they're going to kill me. But I'm going to get up in three days. Y'all don't go nowhere. Three times in Matthew, Jesus set up the disciples for what was about to happen so that they could be aware of what's happening. Here's the deal. Don't you love a God that loves you so much that he will not leave you? And here's the one thing that I love. As soon as he gets up, he tells Mary, the angel tells Mary, go get all everybody together. We're going to eat. We're going to talk. See, there's something about God that he wants to lead us and be there when we're doubting. See, here's what I, I want you to get out of this thought. Is that three different times in Matthew, he tells the disciples what he's gonna do. He told them exactly what was gonna happen and he did exactly what was gonna happen. And then three days later, He met them to comfort them and wash away their doubts. Come on, are you here? Because of adversity? You know, the the sad thing is there are things that uh, we wonder. We we have to reconcile a lot of things when we want to serve God. It's like, how can you be a good God but then this bad thing happened? And, 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 And you know what? I love the idea of of God and church, but you know what? I've tried it, and and I just, you know, sometimes I feel like there's more questions than there are answers. And here's the thing. You know what? A politician may avoid you. Your boss may avoid that meeting of confrontation with you. You may even avoid confrontation. But Jesus never leaves. The Bible says that I will come, I will stand at the door of your heart, and I will knock. I don't leave. I don't leave. I sit closer than a brother. That I will never leave you. The Bible says I will never forsake you. And so even if you're in a moment of doubting, confusion, he doesn't leave. Come on, he doesn't leave. And that's a good thing. I don't know what doubt or what may have popped in or dropped into your heart. But here's what I want to tell you is that Jesus don't leave. We don't, in a world of broken relationships, Jesus doesn't leave. In a world of abandoned friends, parents, family, Jesus doesn't leave. The fourth thing is this. The fourth thing is this. If Jesus shows us the power of God. The power of God. And here's the thing. I believe that this is the most important one because here's the deal. It's important to know that there is a supernatural component to this story. And I believe that this is the most important point yet because both the religious and the government thought that there was nothing that could be done. But God shows his power and might by bringing what was dead, come on somebody, back to life. What was dead back to life. Oh, church, if only people could know that there is more than what they see or feel. 
See, most of us make decisions on the five senses, and, and, and most of us make how we feel about the situation or how we see it, but here is the message of the cross. The, the message of the resurrection is there is a whole nother level that's past what you see and feel. And you know what? Here's the deal. A lot of people view God like Santa Claus. I asked for it, and I didn't get it. But what we have to understand is that there are, there's just a faith component to this walk, to this life. And I believe that there will be a moment when, when you will leave this earth. And if you accept the message of what God is trying to deliver to you today, I believe that when you get there, it'll just be, I get it. I see understand see we process everything through human reasoning and we think everything come on should be fair but here's the deal character is never developed because of fair character is never developed because of fair God shows his power and might by bringing what was dead back to life and there is a part of God that requires faith for you to believe that dead things can come back to life. Let me ask you this, sir. What dream has died? Ma'am, what hope has passed away? Do you feel like your potential is rotting because of wrong choices and wrongs done to you? Today I want you to know he got up. He got up. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead can live in you. Can live in you. Jesus' re resurrection communicates this. This is the takeaway. Your life matters. Today, your appearance, I mean, obviously, you need to brush your teeth. Get your hair combed. Grab a mint on the way out. Maybe you need to. But your appearance doesn't matter. Your affluence can't, can't buy you freedom. Your achievements won't allow you to work into eternity. And your approval has already been given. Does this make sense? I believe that God, once again, is using Easter... Not God never intended Easter to just be a religious holiday. I believe that he wanted Easter to be a yearly reminder. I have sent you a message. But you have to receive it. This message is that there is a loving God. A loving father who sent his son Jesus to pay the debt of sin that robs us of value and separates us from him. I remember years ago, this broken young man, addicted, insecure, struggling with feelings of abandonment, hurting because of cycles of brokenness, but yet in a real raw moment, finally received the message that his life had purpose 
and potential. See, in that moment, this young man finally received a revelation that he could be free. Years ago, that was me. I don't know what it is that you're going through, but I can tell you this. If you will pray a simple prayer with me, if you will allow Jesus to take the lead of your life, to be the boss, to sit on the throne of your life, I believe in this moment we're going to to pray. And I believe this Easter, this Easter could change everything in your life. I believe that it's the doorway, it's the step to transformation that will will break cycles and change change things in your life break out of sin, break out of brokenness, because your life matters. Amen? Amen. Did you hear that? Your, Your cell phone heart should be dinging. And it is a message from God that says, I do not look down on you. I haven't cast you aside. I'm not finding out how I can do better than you. I work at taking broken things and making them beautiful. Now don't get it twisted. His thought for you is great. But Easter is about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And here's the deal. He was sent so you could be free. John 3, 16, come on. You know it? For God so loved the world that he gave his... That... Did you get the message? That's the message. Happy Easter. Today, your life can change. Come on, everybody right here. Just bow your heads with me. Just, just take a moment. Let's bring down these lights real quick. Come on, Kelsey, just come up here real quick. Come on. Let's just take a moment. No, no moving around. Let's just, let's just take a moment. Just like, we're going to be done here in just a second. Come on. I want you to sing this real, this, this, this real quick. I don't even want the whole band, just, just you. Come on, sing it with Nathan. And let's just take a moment here and let that message sink in. Come on, at the cross, just right there. Today can be your day. Could it be that you've been lied to? And there is a message that you need to hear. And today with no one looking around, eyes closed, would you say that today I'm ready for Jesus to be the lead, the boss, and sit on the throne of my life
and I surrender my brokenness, my baggage, my habits, my hang-ups. I surrender all of that. If that would be you, in a moment of boldness and surrender, with no one looking around, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me? Come on. Come on. Come on, who else? That's, that's me. That's me. Maybe you've been saved. Can you put your hand down? Maybe you've been saved. And, and you know what? You grew up in church, but you've kind of got away from it. And you've started to believe the lies of the enemy. And really, you, you just need a coming back moment. You need a coming back moment. If that's you, come on. Would you just raise your hand and acknowledge that? That's me. That's me. That's me. Put your hand down. I'm going to ask you to do this. Repeat this simple prayer with me. And listen, I want to just say this because I feel like I'm always a teacher and a coach. There is no magic formula in the words that I'm saying. I'm just helping you express some words and get the message out to the Father. Repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, today I surrender my life. I make you Lord over my mind, my heart, my will, and my emotions. Lead my life. Help me walk in all of the victory that you have before me. Forgive me of my sin, and I thank you for your son. In Jesus' name. Come on, amen. Come on, is that good? Is that good? Come on, happy Easter, baby. Happy Easter. Here's what we're going to do. Now, I'm going to take it one step more, okay? All right. Some of you thought, ooh, it's over. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you if you prayed that prayer with us to take a moment and fill out that Connect card. You... you, you, you you may never come back here, and that's fine. But I want you to at least know that someone cared enough to follow up with you. Okay? That's important for us because we believe that God gives seed to the sower, and we want to do well. Okay? The second thing is we're going to sing this song one more time. And I'm going to have a few couples, people up here. Uh, I want you guys to come up here and pray. Uh, will you guys come up and pray here? And just Y'all just come on up. Adam and Courtney, y'all come on up. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you need prayer for something, and I know, I know, I mean, this is Northwest Arkansas. Come on. The only time we want people to see us is when we're blinging. So I get it. But if you're needing prayer, don't, don't, don't have your marriage in shamble and not pray. Don't, don't be in an in a issue with your finances or your kids or rebellion or what. Don't, don't be sick and prayer. The Bible, the, these people are... They just want to believe God. Come on. I would hate for you to leave here without the hope that you need. And you know, sometimes I just need, I just need to know that someone else is believing for the best in me. Does that make sense? Come on, let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.